podcast it is thursday the 10th of march and it's just past eight o'clock so i'm joined today by the returning after a triumphant weekend at the darts i'll say how are you doing mate yeah i'm doing well tall yeah cracking weekend at the darts uh, one highlight of the weekend was probably i know you haven't asked me but i'll tell you anyway um wadey at a nine daughter downstairs on the main stage Right, but okay. we were upstairs and packed out room on stage two because Bully Boy was playing on stage two at the time, Michael Smith. And the news broke through. Wadey's just at a nine daughter downstairs and everyone was gutted. It's like, bloody hell, we've missed the opportunity to see a nine daughter live. And then 10 minutes later, Bully Boy at one and the room erupted. Absolutely erupted. But yeah, cracking weekend away. Really enjoyed it. Gutted the Smithy bottled it in the final again. I thought that was his opportunity to go and win one. But I'm sure he'll win one one day. But we'll stop talking darts for those people that don't really follow the darts. Well, it's it, it's it's interesting. I think there's a lot of people that follow the darts, so why not? I think. I know, and I saw a friend of the show, Rob Irving, down there. He was down there for the weekend at Minot. Oh, was he? He was. Did you, did you have a good chat then? No, didn't see him speak to, but I waved to him. All ah, right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and then we're also joined by Andy. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, um, my weekend was. Lot less eventful. Just stayed in and watched the veil, didn't I? Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, tr- we'll try and not talk about that too much. I think. Yeah, have we, we moved on? Yeah, I'm hoping so. We'll find out Saturday. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Oh. Yeah, let's. Uh, oh, you've had to bring that up. Bring about painful memories. Yeah, you lot did try and save me because I messaged you all into about quarter four saying right. This, the match I'm watching just finished. I'm going back, catch the second half now, and I watch the second half on my iPad. And you all told me not to, but I didn't listen to you. We tried. You did right. try. I don't know what I can say. I told you it was god awful first half. Yeah. So yeah. I'm blaming you for the goal. So that's your fault. <sighs> There's a lot of people playing for the goal, and I don't think I'm one of them. I think you were closer to your man. I probably was closer to my man, and I was probably feeling more of the goal. Yeah, you'd have made a better job of it if you tried to come and catch the cross or even, I don't know, stick your hands up and try and save it even. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But yeah, it was poor once Saturday what I saw of it. And I saw the half we dominated and yet never really looked like scoring. I think that, that that's the issue, isn't it? It was the never looked like scoring. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Something's got to give and obviously we'll go into it a bit further. Um. So very quiet news week, um, as we as we're now coming to get accustomed to. Um, but it's it was International Women's Day the other day, um, and we were treated to the announcement that we have a her game two representative for Port Vale. So congratulations, Soph. Um, that's obviously great news for the club. Um, we've been partnered with them since the start of the season. We were one of the first ones to actually. Uh, put his hands up and be partnered with them, which is no surprise with having Carol there. But it's great to see that we've got a rep that's now known and in the in the stands, shall we say, so that people, if if they do suffer, and hopefully don't, but you know, there's still some Neanderthals out there. 
um, ho- hopefully that they've got a friendly face to go and speak to. So, um, yeah, yeah, congratulations. And I do think we've got quite a high portion of our fan base, all female, which is great. You know, all the years I've been going, there's always been quite a good amount of females that go support the Vale back in the day. Johnny, you'll know when he's gone supporters, coach Paulie. You know, she come every game home and away with us. Tracy, rest her soul, come every game home and away with her mum, Norma. And Sandy was always on the bus back then, who still goes. And I do think we've got quite a high portion of female fans when you look around the paddock and look around the stand. So it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, 100%. And I think I think that's the big thing, isn't it? It's like, I think we are we are making making efforts to be welcoming and just doing everything we can again as a community club and it's just it's great to see us standing up and, and actually doing something because I saw them down the road getting quite a bit of stick um about their about their women's setup and everything. So it, it's nice to see positives coming out of our club all the time. Yeah, definitely. And you know, the you saw it at the start of the season, Carol had all the men's and boys teams down for a barbecue but also extended it to the women's team and as you say them down the road again a lot of stick for not supporting their women's setup aren't they whereas you can't say we don't with ours no definitely i think we like you said just said we we support it in every level aren't we at, at the club and i think it's just amazing again that we we keep going with it and a testament to carol as normal but the rest of the rest of the staff um the other thing that's come out this week is the FL supporter survey. Um, and if I remember last year's, um, Andy, you're probably still on about question four of 4,000 now, but. Yeah, I thought I'd try and uh, quickly do it before before we started. Thought I could, you know, at least I know what I'm talking about. But crikey, it doesn't half go on. If, if you are going to do it, uh, make yourself a brew and maybe a few biscuits as well. Just give yourself something to keep you occupied. Well, because. It's a lot of questions. Yeah, I think I think the good thing about it though is it, it's very much needed, aren't they? The the fact that obviously change can't be made without without people, and it's nice to see that the fans are actually getting a say. Whether obviously the EFL listen, because we've tried voting with his feet in the pizza trophy, haven't we? And that seems to have not done any done anything because of the amount of money that they're getting from the under-23s teams, but let, let's see what comes from it, and hopefully you've finished it by the end of the pod, and you might have actually found a question that you like. Um, let's next have a look. Bit. Sorry, oh. I, I was just, I've just muted myself, <laughs> so I didn't... Re- um, oh, crikey. Have you ever witnessed discriminatory language or antisocial behaviour? to my, I'll, I'll park that one. I'll leave it for later. <laughs> yeah. We could be here a while. Yeah. But on that, do make a brew, do get a biscuit and do fill it in because, you know, we moan that this is wrong, that's wrong, the other's wrong. If we don't put his opinions forward, they'll never, no one will have a lesson if they don't go forward. And there's only one way to get your opinions forward. So fill it in. We've got, what, six, seven hundred listeners. Let's get six, seven hundred people filling it in. Yeah, hundred percent. They want it filled and don't they? They want their fans filling it in and their opinions put forward, don't they? Yeah, no, that's that's the big thing, isn't it? It's like it's it's all all about you and your experience. And if if you don't if you don't share your experience and you've had a bad one, we can't, things can't be fixed, can they? So exactly. you just got to hope, hope for me anyway that 
that the majority of it's positive. But if it's not, then we we, we move on, don't we? And we yeah. try and fix that positive experience for everybody. Definitely. Um, and then we've had a tweet in this week, um, a bit of a rant from from our mate Rob. Um, but I think he's he's raised some valid points. Um, I reckon he's still got a sore head after the darts at the weekend. Do you, do you? Do you think that's what caused it? Yeah. He won't um, mind me saying that, Rob won't. No, of course not. And Rob, Rob, Rob likes a little bit of stick that, that we've had. Um, so Rob's asked, anybody else fed up with the bullshit coming out of the club? Seems that there's no honesty anymore and the club are taking fans for mugs. The moment a player is out of favour, the standard line is injury. Taylor's agent slags the manager off on radio, injured. Kovalan pisses the manager off, injured. Amu, injured. I don't know what Amu's done to piss people off. Um, but yet Warrell has been shit for a while and we're supposed to believe he's fit. Come on, stop the bullshit. So, Andy, thoughts on that? Yes, um, it's quite a decent... Well, it's, it's an opinion, isn't it? It's, it's, um, it's quite forthright, I think. Um I mean, there's there's a couple of things you've got to unpack. One, it's the the general secrecy around injuries and not knowing, you know, who's here out, why someone's out, whether someone's just fallen out of favour or if they are genuinely injured because we don't really say much. And then it's whether there's anything more sinister. I don't think there's anything more sinister, but that's just how things tend to go when you've had a poor result or things aren't going too well. But I think it's just generally it's that sort of caginess about why someone's out and whether we're actually getting an advantage over um, an opposition team because we're we're not telling people what's going on. And I'm, and I'm not sure that we are actually getting that much of an advantage. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I like Rob. I, I, uh, Rob actually left me some really good feedback, and I forgot to, completely forgot to reply to him uh, last time I was on the podcast. So, uh, cheers, Rob. Um, I don't know. I'm. I'm. I think it's probably not a, a conspiracy. I think it's just, just more to do with how frustrating it is that the club goes about announcing its uh, injuries and things like that. Yeah, I think for, for me, um, for, for my my point on it is. I replied to Rob, um, but I think we've got to accept that Clark does work in this way. He is quite mysterious, um, so we've, we've kind of got got to accept that. And when when it's going good, no one cares, do they? It's now it's going it's going a bit wrong. People are a bit iffy with it, and I think it's especially because the Lucas Holy situation. Um, pe- people were clam- clamouring for Lucas because of. What what's happened with Holy? I think my only my only query about it, and you touched on it, is are we getting an advantage? Now it's obviously hard to say, isn't it? But you look at it. Do or is all Crawley sitting there going, "Oh, Jake Taylor might play. Oh, Amu might play," or, or are they looking and going, "These have played three five two for the past six weeks, three four three. Sorry for the past six weeks." Let's let's set up for that and go from there, sort of thing. I'd probably say that that's the way they're doing it, rather than looking at personnel. Um, but who knows? There's your thoughts. Yeah, I think you're right with what you said. I think a lot of it is just coincidence, unfortunately, and it does seem a massive coincidence. But I know friend of the show, Simcox goes for a walk on his dinner. You know, when he Lucas isn't training at the moment, Dan Jones isn't training at the moment. So you know, 
they are in, either they are injured or they've been bombed out altogether. And I don't think they'd have been bombed out altogether. So I think it's coincidence. And like you said, John, I said it in the group chat. When things are going well, it's a masterstroke. Oh, Clark is brilliant at these mind games. He doesn't tell anyone what's happening in the club and we've got an advantage. When things are going wrong, it's something to pick on. And I said to you, it's like you see players out drinking. When your team's winning, everyone says, oh, it's great for morale. The players are out together. Great team morale. When they're losing, it's harder oh, unprofessional. They shouldn't be drinking. And I do think there's a bit of that. And things aren't going well at the moment. Let's make no bones about it. And if we carry on the way we are, we won't make the playoffs. And in fact, we'll finish quite a long way short if we carry on the way we are. So people are frustrated, especially because it was a big opportunity this season, wasn't it, the way we started. And a lot of things have conspired against us this year with all the amount of injuries, COVID, you know, God bless Daryl Clark and art goes out to him. That hasn't helped us. A lot of things have gone against and people are looking now for something to blame. It's been one of them tough seasons, hasn't it? It has. And it's mental that it's still in our hands, really. Yeah. And let's be honest, before we kicked a ball this season, people were saying we might sneak in the playoffs. I don't think anyone was expecting any more than that. And if you'd have said at the very start of the season, at this point, you'd be, what are we, five points off the playoffs now and it's still in our hands? People would have probably taken it. But the problem is we looked in such a good position when we were in the top three and we looked certainties for top three and then Wilson got injured, Proctor got injured, Conlon got injured and the injuries started piling up then, didn't they? Then we didn't play for a month. and So I just feel like a missed opportunity if we don't make the playoffs, which we'll see. We will indeed. And that's a good um, good transition, really, into the Crawley preview because we haven't really got much else oh, to go through. The passing of the former manager. Yes, we have. Yes, yeah, sorry. Go on, Bez, because you've got a good story um, from Horton's book, haven't you, to talk about? Yes, from Brian Horton's book. And it's Gordon Lee, isn't it, that's passed away this week, who signed Brian Horton. So, you know, the... <laughs> Obviously, way before any of our time, so we can't really say that much about him. But Vale manager, so he's one of us. He's a valiant. And Brian Orton tells the story in his book of how he was signed. Um, he went watching playing for Hednesford, and basically there was a few watching Orton, but Lee went into the clubhouse after and went to the chairman of Hednesford and said, "We want Brian Orton." He's like, "Well, how much are you going to give us? Says, we can't, we can't afford him. You know, we've got no money. We can't buy a player." But Brian Orton was playing part-time then. And basically, he ended up buying him for a pint of shandy. And that was the fee that Brian Orton come to Vail on. And that was Gordon Lee that was there and did the transaction. And when you read Brian Orton's autobiography, never go out, get it, support the man. Um, he actually had to take a pay cut, go from a part-time footballer with a job to sign him full-time for the Vail. But obviously, it worked out for him as he went on play in what's now the Premier League. Brilliant, isn't it, when you hear stories like that? I think yeah. like we we heard, we obviously heard, heard a few from Taylor, didn't we, about um swap, like being being traded for a kit basically, yeah, and and, and some money and stuff. And it's like, can you, can you imagine that happening now? Can you, can you imagine can you imagine seeing Flickcroft down down it somewhere like that going? Got got a couple of last season's kits that you can have. Yeah, it's like it just you can't ever imagine it happening, can you? Now it's like yeah. it does seem worlds apart. Yeah, there was a story about Tony Cascarino in his autobiography. He got signed by Gillingham, I think, for a set of tracksuits. That was um, one of the stories he had. That and changing his uh, age on his passport and dyeing his hair to be- make people think he was younger than he was when he played in France. <laughs> Amazing. 
But it's interesting you mentioned a pint of shandy, Bez. Yeah. Um, if if somebody was in the market for a pint of shandy or something a little bit stronger um, this weekend, where where might they want to go? Well, they might want to get themselves down Boozland, might they get themselves in Johnny's Bar, although it might give you a dodgy look if it's a shandy. Get yourself a full pint. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But yeah, but yeah I was feeding good, yeah. good transition, that. Very good. But, yeah, get yourselves in Johnny's Bar. He's open. He's open tonight. We'll be open Friday night. He'll be open Saturday before and after the match. If you're in Boozland, get yourselves in there. Oh, that will be a transition. And then on to the next one. Better, mm. better the week. Better the week. So let's start with Employman's Better the Week. Employman.com. Find him on Twitter. His Twitter, Twitter handle is at Employman. And he's gone for Nottingham Forest versus Reading. Uh, and it's both teams to score as the bet that he's gone for. So little bit of background for it. Two sides needing points for very different reasons here. Forest's impressive run, considering how they've started the season, has meant they're now only five points adrift in the playoffs, with a game in hand in the back pocket. And a win over Iron Flying Huddersfield and a draw against fellow playoff candidate Sheffield United helped the cause in recent weeks. But they have an habit of licking the odd goal at home. And while they're unbeaten at the City ground in 2022, only two of their league games have seen a clean sheet. And Redner are obviously fighting for their lives at the bottom of the table. So there's your bet. Both teams to score, Forest against Reading. And he's picked that one for the group bet, hasn't he? He has. Have you got that? Because I've just put my phone down. I have, I've got it. So, somebody's picked Blackpool at home, Swansea. That's me. Yeah. Is that because is that you're just avoiding Vale? So, you just went with someone else that was absolutely crazy? Yeah. Cool. To be fair, cool. there was a couple I looked at. Like, I looked at Swindon and I thought, Johnny will batter me if I pick them because of the odds. Yeah, well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't mind so, some, some nice odds. You know what I mean? Like I went with Swindon, and Stu's gone four far. Um, How far? Four far. Four far. That far. Gone all the way. That's a terrible joke. I was a proper dad joke. <laughs> yeah, you missed me, haven't you? I have. I haven't. I'm. I'm I can't say I have. So, Crawley Town at home. It's, yeah, it's Crawley Town so It's a big one, really, isn't it? And we keep saying this, but games are now running out. We need, need, need to win this. And I think more than ever, we need to put in a performance. Agree. The results haven't been good enough recently. The performances haven't been good. And I don't know if a scrappy 1-0 win will, will get people... On side, because there is there's a lot of people that aren't happy at the moment. So, first thoughts about Crawley are two losses in the last five, one win and two draws. Um, they lost to Bristol Rovers midweek, so they've actually had a midweek game, whereas we've had a free week. So that could obviously help us massively. They beat Forest Green in their their last run of the five games, but they've drawn to Scunthorpe and Oldham. So, if any team screams, like, well, screams just inconsistency, I'm saying it's probably at this moment in time. Um, and an ex-Valiant will be visiting in Mark Marshall. So, has he ended up there, has he? He's ended up there. I don't know if he's playing or not, but... That's where he's ended up. He wasn't in the squad at all against Bristol. They only had six subs as well. Uh, 
but yeah, he's ended up there somewhere. So have they still got the lad on loan from Stoke, the goalkeeper? No, um, I think he got recalled, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, they're playing thirty-eight-year-old Glenn Morris at the minute. Christ, I don't think was he was he ever playing or was he just on the bench? Or that's I think maybe, maybe that's why I don't recall him. Is it Blondie? Was his call? Yes, that's him. Yeah, no, no, he, he's gone back. They've they've got um, Taylor Seymour, which is a young lad from there, from them on the bench. But obviously, they've got John Yems, who will be in the stands, I believe. Oh, yeah, um, touchline ban, yeah. Um, it was Hartlepool a few weeks ago. He had a massive um, rant after the game. I think he had a bit of a go at, is it Omar Bogle who scored? And yes. yeah. I think he went down injured. He wasn't happy with him. I had a right go at him on the touchline. And then a minute later, he got up and scored and he ran straight at John Yems. And I think he did the cup tier or something like that. And uh, yeah, Yems went a bit bit Yemsy. And uh, and I think he, was t- he had two red cards in three games or something. So he's... He's serving a ban, so he'll be. You won't be on the touchline. I'd hate him to be Vale's manager, but I always love watching his post-match interviews when Crawley lose. Oh, yeah, he's entertaining all... enough, but you wouldn't want him for any more than two games a season, would you? No, you wouldn't want no. any more than that. No, you wouldn't want him as your own manager. You've also got your mate at centre half. My mate. Yeah, Tony Craig. Tony Craig, old man. Christ, yeah, he's an old side. 38-year-old and goalie. He's got to be 38, 39, hasn't he, Tony Craig? He's 36. 36, bloody hell. And then his centre-half partner uh, on Tuesday was Joel Lynch, who's 34. Christ. Um, you might remember, he's the one that did that, that swung an arm at Smithy. Yes. In the game and got sent off. Yes. But, um, yeah, so they've got... Some experience. Yeah, we'll go experience. Um, but yeah, they've just got the goalie at thirty-eight. He'll be slower getting down than Thomas Oli at that age, won't he? Went no, no, probably not. No, he's been around for ages. Only Glenn Morris. I remember him playing yeah, against yeah. us for Leighton Orient, and that was would have been when we were in League One before we got relegated <sighs> before Sinner. I think it would have been. He's been around a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. He was at Leighton Orient. Apparently, it does say he only played one game, but. Um, this maybe, is flat. Maybe it was Gillingham then. I, I can't remember, but it was something like that. Yeah, Gillingham, he was there 14, 15, and then all the shots in South End in between before now seven years at Crawley. Yeah. So, Jack, Jack Payne in midfield as well. He's not a bad lad, is he? No, he wasn't. Um, he's been at, he was at Eastleigh last year, wasn't he? So, um, so yeah, I think they, they've got, a, they've got a, an all right team. I think they've got some strikers out injured because I'm re- I remember what seeing earlier in the season there was a striker scoring that I knew of and looking at their strikers that started Tuesday I don't know any of them or any on the bench Was it Tom Nichols you were thinking of? Yes Yeah he, he did that injury didn't he with John McComb at Northampton Yes He was yeah. there earlier this season wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Well, he was. He played ninety minutes against Crawley uh, for, for Crawley against Oldham, sorry. And then he's not been in the squad the last two games. So. Right. Um, he's, he has been. He's scored a few goals this season. He's got eight and twenty-seven. So it's not. Um, it's not not too shabby, really. Yeah, and Jay Kesson Tyler on the bench in the week. Yeah, he, he's been on the bench, and um, funnily, funnily enough, earlier this season they had they, they had um, Tom Dallison who scored past us the other day. So. Um, yeah, at least he can't score past us twice in a season. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, they, they look like they've gone five three two. Oh, um, bring it back. <laughs> Don't say that to me. It's like a dagger through the heart. Seen aside blamed that. Did you mention Nadison as well, Ashley Nadison? Ah, he always seems to score. I mean, not always, but he seems to get a few for them. And I can't pretend I've watched Crowley at all since uh, since we played him. But um, yeah, he always seems to be popping up on, you know, on, on the as, as having scored for them. So yeah, they they got a few players who can trouble us definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think I think that's the thing we we now. Like we quite touched on earlier, we need a massive performance, and with a week between games, do you think that gives any scope to for a formation change? Go on, Andy. Me? Uh, oh, right. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Worrell mentioned it in an interview that was. Um, I don't know if it was an interview he did after the Colchester game. You know the way the Sentinel tend to just sort of drip feed quotes out over the week, but he was mentioning something about having the whole week to train, prepare. And yeah, I mean, we've not been great in terms of performances and results um, while we've been playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, but there hasn't really been enough um, days. You know, when, when you play midweek, you've got your recovery days and you haven't really got maybe as much time as you want to do technical stuff on the training ground. And hopefully this, having an entire week, means we can do something different. We can try and work on a, say, a new formation. I mean, we reverting. We want to revert back to what's served as well over the season, so it shouldn't be too much of a shift for the players. But maybe, maybe, and maybe it's just waiting for, not waiting for a defeat. But it's like as though, as long as we're drawing, as long as we're, we're keeping the unbeaten sequence going, it's like, well, there isn't too much need to change. It's it's not going too bad. Well. It did go bad on Saturday, and that maybe just now was the right time to just stick three four three in the bin and uh, get round pegs and round holes. Get your best players in your best positions, and just and we got we got to start going for it as well. I mean, if we if we have a good we write a good go at getting in the playoffs, and we we just miss out, I, I won't be too disappointed. But I do feel as though we're better than what we're doing. We, we've got better players. We're capable of better, but. If we if we're not leaving it all out on the on the pitch at the end of the game, it's like, what's the point? You know, go and go and at least give it a good go. Yeah, I I, I think that's a big thing. And the effort this season has been a has been a minimum requirement. And I, I don't think there's been many games until recently where we we can probably say that that hasn't been that hasn't been there with every player. I just felt that, especially Saturday, you you looked at the, a couple players and there was a lot of huffing and puffing and shoulder shoulder shrugging and arms going and it just seemed like it was that game maybe that could make or break your season. And I just, for me, we we've got to make a change. We we've got to get the. The, the the wheels in motion again. We've got to make sure that we're on the front foot. There's been a lot of slating of Hussey this week from fans online. There's been a lot of moaning about, obviously, the midfield setup and stuff like that. But I, 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 just, I just think that if you go back to the 3-5-2, the 5-3-2, however, however you want to mark it up, Hussey will be better there because he's starting deeper and that's when his delivery is better. Wilson's better there because, as I said, Sproson said on commentary, 
Wilson's best position is on the right-hand side of Proctor. And I, I can't find one person that would disagree with that. Him cutting in on his left doesn't mean cutting in from the byline, especially not from Vale. It, it means cutting in from the edge of the box, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's where I want to see Wilson. So my big thing is that you... We make that change. We get players in. Hopefully, there's a couple of players coming back from injury that I don't expect to to walk back in by no stretch of the imagination. But it'd be nice to see a bit more of a option from the bench. I'd also like us to see a reaction from the bench as well and change things up if if necessary. Um, Bez, your thoughts on the the week's training and where where we should be? Well. As Andy said, we've had a week now, Train. We've got to get back to 3-5-2-5-2, whatever you want to call it, because I've never known a fan base so together on the fact that 3-4-3 isn't working. And they have been for weeks. And I think everybody's absolutely flabbergasted that we've carried on with 3-4-3 because there's not one person that's looked at it and gone, yeah, we're getting the best out of Proctor. We're getting the best out of Wills. We're getting the best out of Garrity. You know, there's not one player you can look at and say that formation is sitting probably by Joel Cooper. And he hasn't done enough to warrant changing the entire system for one person. He drops out when you change back to the 3-5-2. So he's the only reason to keep that formation. And he hasn't been dragging us through games. He hasn't been ripping teams apart. And that's no disrespect to him. I don't expect one player to do that. But we haven't got the players to play 3-4-3. We've got the players to play 3-5-2. We've got the back three, which is sound. We know it is. Garrity has wasted in a two-man midfield. And we've all said it. Pet's not very good in a two-man midfield, and now there's Brad Walker. They were all signed to play three in midfield. So why aren't we playing three in midfield? And if Crosby can't see that, maybe he isn't the man to carry on the reins while Clark's gone. Maybe someone else should be coming in and taking the managerial duties. Controversial to say it, I know, because he's a cracking assistant manager and we don't want to upset him. But if he can't see that this formation isn't working when every Vale fan can, maybe he's not the man. No, and I think that's a fair point, isn't it? And I think we'd, we'd be criticising any other person in charge we if this would have happened. So I think it's the right thing to do, and it, it's the right thing to talk about again. Let's see what happens Saturday in terms of the formation we go out with, personnel and stuff. And obviously, a lot's dictated by player fitness, isn't it? We know that. Yeah. But when you look at the squad, like you said, we've got three keepers and... There's an argument that none of them are any better than the other one. There's a lot of people that are, are going down that route sort of thing, that they've all got faults, which, yeah, that's why they're a lead two keeper. Um, let, let's, I think I think we know that Holy will start. Yeah. Um, unless something obviously drastic's happened this week. But defence-wise, we've, we've got options. Benning's back in the fold. So that gives us, an, obviously, an option at left wing back. Um, Aaron Martin's got to start. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Simcox. But Aaron Martin's got to start for me. I think, again, Brad Walker's got to start for me in midfield. Yeah. And then Proctor, Proctor and Wilson have got to start next to each other. Yeah. I think whatever you do around that is kind of... It could, is, is irrelevant, really. If you get the spine right, you can kind of fit the things around it that need to. So like if for whatever reason, if one of your wing backs isn't isn't fit, I, I reckon 
like like we saw the other week when he when he fit in there, for example, Charlesley could do a job there. Mm. It's like I wouldn't like say start him there, but also I prefer him start there and as go five three two than change the formation because we haven't got a wing back fit. So starting eleven, Andy, I'll start with you. What would you go with? Right, well, I've just written down keeper for starters. I've not really chosen one because I just couldn't just couldn't put myself up to it really. Um so yeah, a keeper. Um then um yeah, it's like you say, he's assuming who's fit and who isn't. But um back three Smith, Martin and uh Hall. Um right wing back Worrell, um left wing back Hussey, um then Walker, um, probably Charlesley over Pets. I don't know. I don't think Charlesley. It's difficult. It, it could be either or, really. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like tossing a coin. And then Garrity is the sort of the furthest forward midfielder. And then, yeah, Proctor and Wilson, pretty much as you were sort of hinting at, really. Yeah, Bez, would you make any changes to that? The only difference I'd change is I would go Pet over Charlesley. The only reason being is Pet hasn't been playing well. He hasn't been playing well in the two-man midfield. I think you say to Pet, look, Conlon isn't there. Garrett is going to do the pressing. You're the man to get on the ball and create because we know we can do it. Start of the season, some of the through balls he was playing, he's got that in his locker and saying to him, right, it's on your shoulders now. Take the responsibility. You're a senior player. He's 28, 29, is he something around that? You're a senior player. Go and show you're a senior player. And let's be honest, it's going to be holy and goal, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's a lo- lovely bit of rhyming there from you. Was it? Holy. I never even noticed. Holy and goal. Ah. So, but yeah, I think holy starting. We know that. I think we're all agreed with the back three. Um, midfield, I'd, I, I'd be tempted to lean towards you, Andy, in terms of Walker, Charlesley and Garrity. Get high amount of energy in there um, and I know that Pets Pets not let us down um, much this season but I think high m- m- amount of energy get the fans off the seat you've got Worrell and Hussey then wide and then the, the two lads up top that do what Proctor and Wilson were doing at the start of the season really and it's finding the back of the net The only reason I'm going Pets is I haven't seen enough of Charlesley yet to say whether he's a creative player or just a high energy player and I think we have seen enough from Pet that he can put a through ball through. And if we don't play Pet, that means the only opportunities you're creating really is crosses from Hussey or Waddle or a bit of magic from Wilson. Whereas at least with Pet, there's someone who can play that through ball. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's more than fair. I think. Yeah, for me, it's either or. I think that's just the one thing that I wasn't really sure about in my selection. And, you know, there are, there are, pos, there are pros and cons for either one. Yeah, but... exactly. So, um, last bit then before before we sign off is like we've been doing recently, AV timings. Has you got any um, runs scheduled soon, Bez? Same ones at the moment. So get yourself over to avtiming.com. Get yourself signed up. He's got the Oakden 5s, nice and 20, Nantwich 10K and Cheadle Spring 5. And he'll be down there tomorrow when he's boxed at the Vale. There we go. So, let's go. First goal scorer in a minute, Bez. I'm going Proctor 
with an early goal inside ooh, nine minutes, prop to nine minutes. Okay, Andy? Um, I'm going Wilson. I think Wilson's due a goal and um, 49, just early second half, 49. Okay, and I'm going nil-nil. Season over then? Yep. If we don't win tomorrow, I do think season's over. And one thing just pick up on is we have been asked for an update on the predictions that we did at the start of the season on the league table. Stu, when you listen to this, remember do it and send it over to us and we'll give you that next week. And my prediction is based on us going 5-3-2, an early goal. If we don't go 5-3-2, I agree with you. And we said when there were 16 games left, we needed to average two points a game between then and the end of the season. We're currently on 1.33. And the way to get back to two is win the next two. If we win the next two, we'll be bang on two points a game. So they're both at home, Crawley, and then obviously we'll touch on it briefly after the Crawley game begging on Tuesday. So we need winning both and then we're on two points a game from that point. Yeah, it's just a bit, um, I don't know, it just felt like after we negotiated February, and we had some really tough games in February and we were went about it quite cautiously and, and not everyone was happy with it, but you could sort of understand where we were coming from. And then the time to change it up after Tranmere was, you know, the Rochdale game. And those four games, we just haven't really stepped up and moved up a gear, really. It just feel, feels a little bit cautious. And, you know, Rochdale a point, Stevenage three points, Harrogate a point, um, Colchester no points. Was it five out of a possible 12? It just feels like it just we just haven't really changed up to the next gear. And it's just, just a bit disappointing isn't it just how, how it's turned out like that especially because the games were probably not as hard as I imagined they'd be on paper yeah and I think I think my my reservation uh, around the, the nil-nil situation as well as I, I just don't have faith that it's going to get changed from a 3-4-3 um, so I, that, I would I will revise the score if if we went with three five two, I think we'll we'll go and we'll go and put a performance in them and have a two 0 win. And I'd say uh, Ben Garrity seventeen minutes if if it's that. Well, yeah, you've been I don't know you've been a little bit optimistic, haven't you? You I mean you've I'd wholly down for keeping a clean sheet, so that's a that's a something at least. I think what he's saying there, Andy, is that with three four three with that solid crawl, he won't have a shot on goal. I think is what he's saying with that nil. I think they'll have one shot on goal and probably score from it. Yeah. Because that's just how it's gone, hasn't it? Yeah. Recently, you know, they make teams make one big chance against us and and it goes in and that's just the run we've been having. So hopefully we need we need to get a second. Yeah. If we go 2-0 up, I'll be happy. If we go if we're just like hanging on at 1-0, then we're probably going to tempt fate. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, anything from either one of you before we sign off? I was just going to mention Crawley's away form because I had a look earlier and it's slightly better than what they've been doing at home. Oh. Um, so I think they've got as many points out of away from home as, as we've got and Northampton and Bristol Rovers, better than quite a few teams around the playoff shakeup actually. So they'd probably be thinking if they could have made the um, the people's pension stadium a bit more of a fortress this season they might be a bit nearer the playoffs 
themselves. You know, they might have been in the shake-up. So um, I think we've got to be a bit aware of that. I think they're, you know, they are decent away from home. They've picked up um, a good amount of points. And um, I think they've won seven, drawn three out of 16 games. So, um, you know, they, they are handy and they've won away from home a few times. So we've got to be, we've got to be aware of that. Yeah, I just I just had a look. Like you said, same away form as us. Um, scored twenty, conceded twenty on the road. Yeah, you mentioned so. um, form in the last five games, and the last five games have all been at home. I presume it's all to do with um, rearranged fixtures and everything that went on early in the season, COVID and weather. But um, yeah, there's a first um, away game in in quite a while, so um, they might they might quite fancy it really. Does that mean we can expect him to bring a big following if it's the first away game for a while? Um, oh. Doubt it, but you never know. <laughs> we might hit triple figures in the away end. Well, yeah, they should bring more than Stevenage. I'll, I'll stake my reputation on that. Yeah, yeah. Go on, then. It's been a short pod because it's only 40 minutes. And if you don't want to answer this, we'll just cut it out and people won't know what I've asked you. And you can cut it 40 <laughs> minutes and 37 seconds. There's been some talk on social media. Now, I don't expect the bloke to have done this because he works two days a week. And you know where I'm going now. Should Carroll be going to Flickcroft and saying, in Daryl Clark's absence, we'll put you on a full-time wage because obviously you work two days a week. We pay you for two days a week. Can you take on the team in the short term as you've got managerial experience at this level? Or would that just be pushing Crosby's nose out of joint? And there's nothing to say Flickcroft would want to do that. But there's the question for you. I'm happy to answer it. I think it'd be absolutely ludicrous to do that. He's he's hired as a director of football for a reason. Yeah. Find me find me any other club that has ever said to the director of football, oh, we haven't got a manager at the minute, fill in. And people are throwing this as a different circumstance than before. Yes, it is, but if you sack a manager, the director of football doesn't go, I'll take on these next three. A coach does it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when 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 do you make that decision? Obviously, the stuff with Clark is, were they thinking, oh, he's only going to be gone for a couple of weeks? Or were they thinking he's gone for the rest of the season sort of thing? It, it depends how long term you're looking. Yeah. And for me, this is where Flickcroft earns his money. This is the time of the season where he's going out, he's spotting what we need next season, making them conversations, starting having them conversations, talk, talking to different people, analysing data, getting the right things ready for next season. He can't do that if he's got to take on the team as well. It's just not going to work. So I think he should be doing his job he's paid for and not meddling at all with the first team where he doesn't need to be. And I think, considering I threw that question on you without any warning, that's a really good answer. You're welcome. Yeah, I think the fact that he... I don't know if it's a fact. It isn't a fact at all. But I don't think he wants the job anyway, so it's largely academic. But, um, yeah, I, I I had nothing for that. Um, I'm glad Johnny answered that, because um, I have no idea what I would have said if I was put on the spot. Yeah, and so, I don't know what I'd said if someone put me on the spot because I could understand why people might ask that question, but also, is it like Johnny said, he is a director of football for a reason. I believe that he works two days a week and he's got other business interests. I don't know if that's true or not, but I believe that. So, has he got the time to do it? And 
as you say, we don't know when Clark will be back. Is he coming back this season, next season? Who knows? But if it is next season and we don't beat Crawley, is that season open you stick with Crosby or is that right? There's 12 games, last throw of the dice. We go and get a manager that's got experience as an interim manager to carry us through the season. I think whilst whilst it's not mathematical possible, you've got to keep going, haven't you? We can't throw the towel in. I think as as much as fans will see the negatives behind everything until until it's mathematically impossible, I think you, we've got to make sure we're throwing the kitchen sink at it. I honestly believe this time next week we'll we'll know, but it still is probably going to be not mathematically impossible. That that's the thing. We're still. If we go and get no points with the games that are coming up this weekend, because there is a few a few biggies this weekend as as well that they're going to have a bit of a play, so it, it's 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 there. But who knows what if Exeter Salford goes the right way, sort of thing. Walsall it's in a bit of form. We've got Sutton. Then Tramley to play Mansfield tomorrow night. Is that right? Tram Friday night. Friday night, yeah. Bristol so Mansfield Rovers. have got an extra day off, be- extra day off before they play us on Tuesday. They have. Bristol Rovers have got Harrogate. Mm. So there's a lot. There's a lot of- let's be honest. No matter how results go, it's still going to be mathematically possible this time next week because we'll have eleven games go, which is thirty-three points to play for. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's but I say I think I think we'll know more at this point next week. We'll know more about which which sort which area we're going with, whether it's. We've got a shout or whether it's going to be a, we need a miracle. Yeah, well, I haven't wrote the season off yet. But if we don't win Saturday, I am writing the season off. Yeah, that's that's how we started, wasn't it? Massive cup final. Yeah. Go on, Andy. Johnny said said earlier that Saturday against Colchester felt a bit make or break. It could be like a watershed moment you know after after losing that it's like right okay we're, we're in danger of not making the playoffs what are we what are we worried about you know we've been a bit cagey let's let's just go for it a bit more I mean it's just I don't know there's there's nothing to be afraid of in this league really is there you shouldn't be going out being scared of teams so you know 13 games a lot to play for give it a good go and just see see where we get to but don't don't miss out on the playoffs by not being bold enough. Let's let's give it a good go, for Christ's sake. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think Saturday, the biggest thing that might come from that defeat at Colchester is the management team and staff look at it and go, 3-4-3 doesn't work. We can't play that formation. If we go back to 5-3-2 and we go back to playing how we were in the first half of the season, we've got every chance of making them playoffs. If we carry on with 3-4-3 and playing as we are, we'll finish 12-13 and something like that. Yeah, hundred percent, and I, I think that's that, that's the difference, isn't it? It's if we hadn't seen the three-five-two at the start of the season, obviously, who knows what the discussion would be? But it was working; it was successful. Granted, we've lost a couple of players out of that, and we know how important Tom Conlon is. We know how important Gibbo is, so we are we are looking without them. But I still think that. Even without them, you've, we've got adequate replacements that can come in and do a job. Are they going to be the same quality? Definitely not. At least you're not going to have four players of that quality that you can just interchange. But we, we've we got to do something differently. 
yeah, it shows how things have moved on a little bit that normally when the team plays a formation and the fans don't like it, they're all screaming like Mike Bassett style, let's get four four two back and <laughs> now now we're asking for three five two. It shows you're a little bit more sophisticated maybe. We've we've moved on a little bit in uh, this season tactically as a supporter base. Just but yeah, it's just we it was working for us. I mean, the only other time I've seen three five two work really well was the LDV season, because we had Cummings and Smith as wing backs and um, Carragher as sweeper, and yeah, that that was perfectly balanced that system, and yeah, with with the right personnel, it does work. And I think you know we we've got the right personnel for that system far more than we have for for three four three. So um, yeah, let's just start. Um, playing a system that makes the most of the plays we got. 100%. Not, uh, any any other questions you're going to throw at us out of the Blue Bears? No, no. I'll go watch the rest of the Premier League darts now. I've got, one for you. I've got one for you, Johnny, if, uh, if you're oh. prepared for it. Let's go. Um, you've got a big, uh, it's a big weekend of football for you, I believe. Um, Sunday morning, semi-final. Yeah, it is. Semi-final against the against the Alps team. Yeah, he did mention and the possibility of um, playing the big cup final at um, the Autonet Stadium. Is that where the final is? Well, that's where he says it is. It might not be. I don't know. Oh. I, I could be wrong, but um, that's what the impression I got anyway. So um, yeah, all the best. Big, you might need it. Big game. We've lost to him twice this season already. So, How many? What were the um, scores? I can't remember that. Landslide or close matches? Um, one, we turned up with Bear 11. They play on a massive hill as well. Well, like, where do they play? Um, Fenton Park. Yes. But the back pitch. Do you know the one that's not not the where, where scrimmage used to play on, the flat one? Yes. One that's got the park at the bottom of it, which is literally on a hill. So... Jace was just kicking him into the park for, for one off. I can imagine. And he does. So, yeah, big game. We've won the last two, though. So, who knows? Anything can happen. Yeah, it's a cup, isn't it? Magic of the cup. Magic of the cup. Although a few people were saying they were surprised he got to a cup semi-final. They were asking if there were only four teams entered the tournament. But, um, but no, well, let's see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. Anything can happen. Well, yeah. well, hopefully we will we'll try and get the um, the review done before Sunday, and uh, we can plug it, and then people can either drown the sorrows and come and watch some real football, or celebrate, and then no one will be there because obviously Vale have won. So let's see. So um, anything else? Last call. I've done. Now I'm done. Got everything I wanted nice. to say said. That's. I think he's already gone watch the darts. Gone, he has. Right. Yes. Right. Okay. Oh, he's muted. Bye, Bears. You're on, you're on mute, Bears. <laughs> Grandad, you're on mute. <laughs> no, he's gone. Well, I don't know. Oh, no, he's, he's off mute. Oh. No, nothing. No, nothing done. So, Probably a good place to end done. it, isn't it? Yeah, great way. So, everyone else, enjoy. Have an ale and up the veil.